I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Prime Time. Live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, here is Tim Murray. Hour two of VSIN Prime Time alongside Jonathan Von Tobel. I am Tim Murray. We're live here in Las Vegas, Nevada, the site of Super Bowl 58. Hello to all of you on DraftKings Network as you join us this hour. And as you're on that DK Sportsbook website, you can scroll down and you can click on NFL Draft, JVT. It's an event that you and I love love to bet so far, not a ton of offerings out there as we look, at, we look at uh, number, uh, number one pick, quarterback specials, and first non-quarterback selected. A gentleman that no doubt will be a frequent guest on the program as we get closer and closer to the draft. We've got the Senior Bowl going on uh, this week down in Mobile. We also had last night the Shrine Bowl wrap-up in Frisco, Texas. Eddie Brown, one of the best to do it, NFL draft analyst for the San Diego Union-Tribune, joins us on the program. Eddie, always appreciate it. Before we get into, I know you've got a mock draft out there. When you look at the Shrine Bowl that just wrapped up yesterday, all of the the workouts that have been going on down there in Mobile, over the years, how much of what happens at the Shrine Bowl and more specifically the Senior Bowl affects how you look at uh, your mock draft? You know, I think it has a big effect. I mean, I, I you know, to be clear, by this point, I probably have about 75% of my evaluations kind of locked in. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, just going back and rewatching stuff and, and, and seeing if I agree with my notes from like a year ago or from two years ago to see how, you know, how, how things have adjusted. Um, this is a chance to like, if anybody fell through the cracks, if I haven't paid enough attention to somebody that, that maybe I should have, you know, they pop up on my radar here. If I, if I see something in the practices or, you know, you know, check notes with some other, you know, other guys that are there, um, then, you know, that's something I, I, I look at, I go back and I, and I kind of potentially update my evaluation, but it's, it's a chance to definitely make some money for some guys down there. So obviously Eddie, like the most popular thing is going to be, uh, these quarterbacks in the first round and how many are going to go, how many do you currently have going in the first round? Uh, I have three right now with the possible, with the possibility of six that that's, I think where we are. I think I, I think we have three top 10 guys that are pretty much locked in. That's Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels. When you look at J.J. McCarthy, you look at Michael Penix Jr., you look at Bo Nix, those are top 50 guys for me. Uh, still a lot of questions out. You know, we're talking about McCarthy. Obviously, we didn't see him do a lot in Michigan. He didn't have to do a lot. So there's going to be a lot of projection with him. With Penix, there's going to be, you know, checking the durability concerns. Obviously, he had an injury history at Indiana before he went to Washington. 
And with Bo Nix, it's just going to be checking to see, hey, the growth that we saw in Oregon, is that something that's going to stick in the pros? We're talking to Eddie Brown as we have up uh, on his screen there, uh, his latest mock draft just a couple weeks ago. Um, as we look at Caleb Williams and, uh, you know, we'll, I'm sure, pick him apart as we get closer and closer to the draft. And he's sitting at a whopping minus 900 right now to be the first pick. Um, how does he not go number one, in your opinion, uh, Eddie, with everything that we've seen so far? Man, that's <laughs> it's going to take somebody really, really falling in love with Drake May. Um, it's going to take somebody falling into with, with, you know, the prototypical skill set that May has, his size, he's 6'4", 230. He has an elite arm talent that, you know, people, you know, uh, clamor for. And he's, he's just dangerous inside the pocket. That's something that obviously a lot of offensive coordinators and coaches uh, love to see. Um, so it's going to be somebody philosophically who – values the guy who's more dangerous within the pocket over the guy who is special off platform. And that's obviously Caleb Williams. Cause what Caleb has over everybody else is that he has a better chance of making the impossible happen compared to all the other prospects with the exception of potentially Jaden Daniels. But I think it's going to take somebody really, really falling in love with Drake May's prototypical uh, stats and, and, and uh, you know, his size, his talent, his ability, um, and, and saying, hey, that's how we need to, to go forward with our quarterback. So, Eddie, uh, one of the things that I really like to focus on is betting unders on these quarterbacks in the first round because I think we as a whole tend to overvalue quarterbacks, especially around this time. And the NFL teams have kind of told us with the way that they've drafted that's not the case. So what I want to talk about is – how do you think these teams view guys like Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix when it comes to their age? Because we're talking about guys that are going to be around the age of, what, 24 by the time the next season comes around, and some are viewing them as potential, like, hey, they're going to be the guy going forward after, like, a Derek Carr or whatever it is. That's like a 25-age season for a, for a first-time player. How much do you think the age of these guys holds them back from being first-round picks? I think it makes a huge difference. I think that's something that uh, Drake Maine, J.J. McCarthy had going in their favor, that they're both – two very young guys. I think they're you know, going to be 21 next year. Um, so I, I think it's a big deal. You're talking, you know, for a team like Atlanta, who might feel like, hey, we're a quarterback away from competing. Um, I could see them not caring as much. But for a team that's a, a little bit further down in the rebuild process, that's, that's something that, you know, we draft a guy who's 24, 25 years old, and that means his rookie contract is going to take him into his 30s. Um, you know, you want to get is you want to get as many years out of these guys. If you if you're lucky enough to 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 hit big on a Mahomes or a Josh Allen or you know somebody like you know that, then you want to get as much out of these guys as you can. So I do I do think it it, it it knocks them down a little bit. The thing they got going for them is that there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. Uh, so that's going to help out when it comes to the first round. You're talking about over under. I, right now, I'm thinking six to eight quarter teams need a quarterback next year. And if you're thinking about long-term, there are probably about half the league right now who doesn't have a long-term answer at the position. So I think that's going to maybe push. I have three right now in the first. I could see it being four, uh, maybe even five once we get to April. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the number ultimately comes out. My guess is four and a half. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what the what the juice will be. Eddie Brown joining us here on VSIN Primetime Senior Bowl uh, wraps up the festivities tomorrow with the game and uh, honestly the the important stuff, the the one on one matchups and all of that is uh, is already unfolded. We saw Jim Nagy today tweeting out uh, the MVPs uh, at different positions and all of that. Uh, Eddie, last one for me regarding non quarterbacks. You know your, your mock, your most recent mock from a couple weeks ago. Caleb one, Drake May two, and then Jaden Daniels three. Uh, it seems that will be the likely, at least early smoke. And then I think there's a, a big assumption, and you've got Marvin Harrison going four. As you continue to dive into it, do you think there is a chance that Oli Fashano or Joe Alt, the two perceived top tackles, or you know someone like Malik Neighbors, could leapfrog Marvin Harrison Jr.? I don't think so. I, I think, I mean, Harrison's my, the top player on my on my big board right now. Um, he edges out Caleb Williams. That's how highly I think of him. I think if you could weird science, a wide receiver, um, or maybe even an NFL player, it probably, you'd probably come out with Marvin Harrison jr. I mean, it's, it's one of those things to where he, we've seen it on the field. So we've seen his own 
you know, his skill set. He's a route technician who fits, features prototypical size. He's 6'4", 200 pounds, great hands, athleticism, and the, the NFL Hall of Fame lineage. Um, you know, he's like a bigger, faster version of his Hall of Fame dad. And, and it's not that we're projecting that. We've seen it on the field. Um, you know, it, receivers don't normally go this big, go this high in the draft. Um, but I could see him conceivably depending, depending how it shakes out. If the bears trade out, if somebody trades up, you know, in two or three or something, maybe somebody doesn't value, uh, Daniels as high as I do. Um, I could see him cracking the top three and being the first guy since Calvin Johnson to go in the top three. I, I think at this point it would take an injury or something to knock that off. And it does seem that this is a pretty deep draft for offensive linemen. Some mock draft think Kuiper had eight going in the first round. What's the range of offensive linemen you think go in the first? Yeah, no, I, I would probably, I would, I can see that. I could see six to eight. Um, I mean, that's the, the first round, my top, my top 50 right now, I think I have 28 offensive players, 22 defensive players. Last few years, it's been kind of flipped. Um, big reason for that is the quarterbacks are going to be questioned. So we're thinking four or five, maybe going in the first round, potentially six, if, if quarterbacks, if, you know, teams panic and just start drafting these guys. Um, but also receivers really deep and offensive lines really deep. And so when you, when you factor in that, that much, you know, I, I think, I think that we're going to see a very offensive day one in prime time. Eddie, we look forward to uh, picking your brain as we get closer and closer to the draft. Eddie Brown from the uh, San Diego Union Tribune. Appreciate it as always, man. It's my pleasure, guys. You take care. There he is. At UT, Eddie Brown. It's uh, it's getting close to that time. For 30 other teams right now, JVT, it is draft season. Oh, it's my favorite. I can't wait. I'm already, <laughs> I've already been reading them all. Reading all the mocks? Somebody had, no, we can't do this. Why not? Somebody had Jaden Daniels. No, is it Jaden Daniels or Drake? Either way, somebody had a quarterback going first overall that wasn't Caleb Williams. Can we stop? Can we no. stop trying to be clever? No. I want more of them to try to be clever so we could somehow. I don't think we will. I, I just, we're not going to get a, no, it's a gonna lower happen. price. It's going to happen. You think so? It's going to, at some point, I don't think it'll happen cr- in a crazy way. But I'll tell you this. If it dips to below five minus 500 again. Oh, come on. Minus $9 right now at DraftKings. Reddit changed the world last year. We'll see what happens here. <laughs> we're going to watch the we're going to watch the underwear Olympics and someone's going to go, "Wow, look at this, Jaden Daniels." I don't know. I think what's going to be fascinating is the Daniels versus May market. Sure. Because I think that's a that's a legitimate discussion. It's yeah. going to come down to Washington. They haven't hired an offensive coordinator yet. Who are they going to you know, like more. Adam Peters is the uh, the new general manager there. He was, you know, on the staff that went out, got Brock Purdy. He's also on the staff that trade up to get Trey Lance. I think Chip Kelly's going to do great things with Jaden Daniels in Washington. That's the rumor. Grant Paulson said it's possibility. I don't know about that. We'll see. We will see. Clint Kubiak, make that happen. Come over from San Francisco. Speaking of those 49ers, there's still a football game to be played. In about, what is it, nine days? Oh, yeah, Super Bowl 58. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. With Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks, guaranteed. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash VSIN, V-S-I-N, you'll get four free air chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich juicy boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. Alongside Jonathan Von Tobel, I am Tim Murray. It is VSIN prime time. A quick little uh, correction. Mm. As I mentioned uh, Clint Kubiak just a moment ago, he is the passing game coordinator for the 49ers. Uh, when we had Grant Paulson on yesterday to talk about the hire of Dan Quinn in Washington, one of the candidates for the offensive coordinator role was Clint Kubiak, Gary Kubiak's son. And uh, it seems like he is headed to New Orleans. So I apologize. I had seen that report. I wasn't sure if it was uh, locked in yet, but uh, it seems like he is uh, likely headed to New Orleans. So my bad on that one. Tap the old chest. I got to get pass. I got to get into that Shanahan tree, man. I know. It's a nice one. Anytime Kyle Shanahan farts on somebody, he's got like, you, you get a job like immediately. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> got to get there. Work. Uh, Work as the water boy or something like Something. that. Yeah. It seems to be the case. Well, it was the the Sean McVay tree right after his while, first couple yeah. of years, too, which he was also on the Shanahan tree. So it's one big tree. I saw I saw a graphic giving Sean McVay credit for Raheem Morris being part of his tree. What? Yeah. Like I don't think that's fair. Raheem Morris was a head coach before. Yeah, he was <laughs> Who's the head coach right, in Atlanta? Like... <laughs> and then, or he's the head coach at Tampa. And then, yeah, that's uh, yeah, let, that, that, that's not how it works. Yeah, I feel like that's weird. Like, he he had a relationship. He was on the same staff in Washington with Sean McVay. He was on the Shanahan tree. I mean, I guess technically Mike Sanford Jr. is part of your coaching tree now, too. <laughs> Come on, Mike. Yeah. Let's get back into coaching. I'm yep. taking credit for it. There you go. The, the VEASAN primetime coaching tree. We need to get uh, we need to get him back. We work together for a little bit. That's how it works. There we go. Yep. Yep. So I take all the credit for uh, part of my tree. Kenny Amatololo. I worked uh, hand in hand with him in Navy. Now he's the head coach of San Jose State. There you go. See, I, I took credit for that. All right. Um, a lot of NBA uh, that is uh, that is going on. I want to get to some big picture stuff with you uh, regarding the NBA. But as we sit here this very moment. As many of you know, still at 247 and a half. For you, JVT, as this game and this matchup came to fruition last Sunday. Oh, this one. What was uh what I was, was like, what game has a total of 247 and a half? Did I said 247? Well, you said it quickly. So you said it's 247 and a half. Oh. So it, like those melted together, and I thought you were talking about a total of 247 <laughs> and a half. Continue. Um, what were some of the initial matchups from a from a prop standpoint that you were looking to attack? Uh, knowing that it'll be San Francisco and Kansas City. By the way, we didn't get the pick from Eric, but 
it was pretty obvious that Eric was going with the Chiefs in this spot. Yeah, I, th- I'm, look, I, I, I find myself on the, the 49ers side, right? So everything in terms of my selection for the 49ers is going to kind of stem from that. So, for example, I believe that the 49ers are going to be able to win this game via the ground game. We've seen now statistically uh, that the Kansas City Chiefs have been a defense that is not very good against the run. So uh, that leads to Christian McCaffrey potentially over. We saw we talked about that, right? Opening of 90 and a half rushing yards down to 89 and a half. Shitted to the over now at about a minus 120, 125. I think he's a candidate to go over. But with the market coming down, I want to sit back and wait. I think over rushing attempts is something that's pretty good there, too, because, again, this should be one where you ride this um, ride this train, right? Ride your running attack to victory, potentially, if I'm right. And here's the dangerous part about props and everything, mm-hmm. which is, you know, generally, I think a lot of people, and you should, if you're betting props, you're going to correlate them to one another. So if you're right, you get a really big day. And if you're wrong, you get a really bad day. <laughs> so that's where my kind of danger comes in here. So, for example the correlating to my thought process of, hey, you know, they should probably use Christian McCaffrey and run the ball as often as possible, get his rushing attempts up, and get this thing going on the ground. Well, that would lead you to go with under pass attempts for one Brock Purdy. You're at 31 and a half, shaded to the under at minus 125. I think that makes some sense. You know, not only because Purdy was really good, especially in the second half against Detroit, wasn't as great against Green Bay, but if you could just limit the times he's got to drop back and throw the ball, and I think you can do that with Christian McCaffrey running the ball as well as he is, I think that leads to Brock Purdy going his under his attempt. So I think that's the way I'm kind of starting to kind of craft. We were talking trees. That's yeah. how I'm starting to kind of craft or grow my tree when it comes to Super Bowl props is starting with the premise that I think the 49ers are going to win. Because they're going to win, I think they're going to run the ball pretty well and then splintering off from there. So that leads me into – because yesterday late in the show – I started to kind of ponder out loud. All right. If you think the Chiefs are going to win and the money line price at DraftKings is plus 105, I think Mahomes is a pretty safe bet at an extra 20 cents. Now, Travis Kelsey, if he continues to play the the way that he has, and I know Femi made the case yesterday on the show, Femi Abebefe, our colleague here at VEASAN, that is there going to be a little bit of Super Bowl fatigue? We've never seen one player from the same team win three consecutive Super Bowl MVPs. Jerry Rice, I believe, won the third one. And then Joe Montana won the final one uh, for his Super Bowl. uh, Tom Brady didn't win it in in three successive Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. So I I understood where he was coming from. I don't necessarily agree with his premise. So I I wouldn't get too cute. If you want to throw a little something on Travis Kelsey, I totally understand why you would look to do that. The 49ers one is so fascinating. I think you and I are thinking similarly where I do like the 49ers. Have I bet it yet? No, because I don't think there's a rush to bet it. I think we're going to get a potential better price when the public has its say. But the way you're building that tree, Christian McCaffrey's plus 475, Brock Purdy's plus 225. So very rarely are you going to get a quarterback that has a difference from a MVP standpoint to the money line of, I mean, what is that, a dollar and fifty cents? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the difference right now using DraftKings numbers. Do you think Brock Purdy is a bit on sale, or do you anticipate because of everything that we've heard from a narrative standpoint of, you know, he's doing it, he's just a game manager, he's, you know, his numbers aren't that great, et cetera, that you should look at the McCaffreys at the Iukes, Samuels, Kittles, et cetera, of the world. I'm really pro. The voters are going to be really simple, and they usually are. So just go with the most obvious choice, which is the quarterbacks. And, and That's even where with, I'm a, of thinking, too. And even with Brock Purdy, because, like, you look at some of these performances, right, for the guys who, who did not win or who won Super Bowl MVP that weren't quarterbacks, right? Cooper Cup had eight catches, 92 yards, and two touchdowns. That's an insane performance. He had 10 catches, 141 yards from Julian Edelman. That's an insane performance, and that was a very low-scoring game. You're going to have to have really strong outlier performances to really grab this award and pull it away from somebody. We had a defensive back grab the game-winning interception with no time left on the clock, and a quarterback still won the freaking award when it was Tom Brady winning it over the Seahawks, right? Like, we've seen this time and again. 
and extend it out to other sports, Tim. How many times have we seen in other sports the most obvious choice just go with the one I'll never forget is Oshak Baji winning most outstanding player that year in the Final Four, right? Like, there's so many different things you can point to in different sports where the voters generally just go for the safest choice. And so I think that it's really easy to just look at Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy, and go, it's going to be one of those two. Because you even mentioned narrative, storyline. You don't think that these voters, if Brock Purdy goes out there, completes 67, 69% of his passes for, you know, 275, just under 300 yards and two or three touchdowns and no interceptions, that they're not going to want to give it to Mr. Irrelevant? Like, I've heard people try to make the story, the, the case that, oh, no, Brock Purdy's status actually works against him. I think it works for him in a thousand different ways. And we have seen now 10 out of the last 14 Super Bowls have had a quarterback win Super Bowl MVP. And the others have been a linebacker and the wide receivers that I mentioned with some extremely outlier performances. I just don't know if you're really banking on that. And if you are, like somebody told me, like, you know what? Yes, Christian McCaffrey can win it. If he scores three touchdowns, he'll win Super Bowl MVP. You know you can get Christian McCaffrey yeah. eight to one to score three touchdowns. He's plus four fifty to win Super Bowl MVP. Like there's different ways that you could attack this outside of just going with Super Bowl MVP. And it's the same thing here when you're talking about, hey, I think you could be Debo Samuels win Super Bowl MVP. Well, compare the odds when you're looking at other places. Like if you want to parlay together over 100 yards and two touchdowns for Debo Samuel, what does that pay compared to MVP? So I think that there's just different ways to look at it. And I also just think when it comes to winning the actual award, we have seen time and again that the voters generally go with the easiest choice possible, and it's always the quarterback when it comes to the Super Bowl. And to me, if you're building that portfolio and you like the Niners, and I know there will be a lot of 40 chief support, to me, if you're building a Niners portfolio, you've got to have a Brock Purdy plus 225 in there. Sure. Because very rarely, JVT, will we walk into a Super Bowl where a team is a minus 125 favorite and the quarterback is plus 225. A quarterback who, by the way, just went, what, 30 of 39 and rushed for, what was it, 48 yards? And then also, really quickly, a lot of people say because of the way this offense is run, you can look other places. I would say that works against you because what if four other guys score touchdowns? How do you break it down? You give it to the quarterback. Keep it simple. That's JVT. Stupid. I'm Tim Murray. You're supposed to finish I, yeah, stupid. Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. But no one's stupid on this desk. Our listeners aren't for sure. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. For the VSIN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VSIN Pro subscription, sign up on an annual. VEASAN Pro subscription. And get your first year for only $199. Just use the promo code PRIME. Get access to our brand new VEASAN.com website, which includes daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game. Betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Also, plenty of as you would imagine. Super Bowl coverage. We got that betting guide as well. Remember to use the promo code PRIME. Get your first year of VSIN Pro Access for only $199. Sign up. VSIN.com slash subscribe. Alongside Jonathan Von Tobel, I am Tim Murray. I almost call myself JVT. That was weird. Never. I don't have a J in my name. Actually, I do. My middle name. John. Got a J there. Is your middle name really John? Yeah. With an H? With an H. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> One of the most useless letters in all of first named them. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Outside of the H and Zach. What about the H and Chris? Chris Collinsworth yeah. is just R. What do you do? That's a good way to do it. Yep. Yeah. Um, one more uh, little uh, nugget here. I've been staring at this prop, and uh, the juice is... Where is it? Ooh. It's a little, a little pricey. The man's wife is very talented. All right. He's a fullback. Oh, Yushik. Pride of Harvard. He had three catches for 39 yards and a touchdown the last time these two teams played in the Super Bowl. Now, that was four years ago. But last week, he was targeted three times oh. in the NFC Championship game. He had two receptions. Against Washington late in the regular season, he was targeted three times as well. This year, though, 
had 14 catches, 17 yards, three ca- uh, two catches against Detroit. I, I, I do feel like Kyle Shanahan is going to want to get some comfort level passes out there from Brock Purdy. Now, once again, you got to pay the juice and look around, see what the price is. But that is one prop that has intrigued me. Kyle Juszczyk, essentially, will he have a reception? Because yeah. the market is set at a half reception. So I'll be honest. I, my initial inclination for that one is actually to take the under on it, only because... Getting plus price. Right. And we remember what we saw last. So essentially what I'm looking at is, for this one, we're talking about getting under, what is it, a half mm-hmm. at plus 124 for a guy that has 17 total targets for the season. It seems like a pretty good deal for me, given what we've seen now here up to this point. So that was my first thought when I saw this, especially when it was got juiced up to minus 160. Like, I get it. I know. Right, I'm not, I'm not right. Look, I'm not going to pay $1.60. Yeah. I, I just, that was one guy that I was like, all right, I, I mean, I look at him. Stupid books being. Well, I mean, it's the market, me. though, too, right? Because, yeah. like, that's, that's part of the thing is we remember what we saw last. So then these props get put up and then people start to bet it. And I'm assuming, too, you probably move somewhat quickly on some of these prop bets, especially when we're talking about something like that, where it's just a uh, half a reception for a guy like Juszczyk, who, by the way, too, was in the limelight. But, you know, that, that game against the, uh, in, against the Detroit Lions, in terms of statistics, it was the first game that he had logged uh, since the Commanders game, right? Like, it's not like he had been yeah. out there and getting targets, but just wasn't catching them. So I think that's kind of like my biggest issue with it is oh, it there's is a plenty guy who's got minimum receptions to your point there's plenty of games where he doesn't get any targets right, right? Exactly. so you know you're, you're sitting out there so i'm glad you brought up kind of the market setting one way and uh we saw DraftKings sportsbook tweet out this should come to a surprise as nobody uh to nobody that travis kelsey is the biggest liability so far when it comes to the first touchdown market uh i believe i'm pulling up the exact tweet here um travis kelsey is the most bet first touchdown scorer by handle in every state except illinois good smart people uh plus 650 here uh for the first touchdown jvt i know how your brain works for the most part i don't live inside there but i i know i know how it works is the market too high on kelsey so to the kyle use checkpoint juice on his Yes, reception, essentially, is minus mm-hmm. 160. Juice on his reception, Travis Kelsey, is minus $1.60 at six and a half. What? It's a lot of receptions. Receiving yards, it's 70 and a half. Now, I think that's come down a little bit. But when, I talk, when we talked to Eric Eager earlier in the show, he felt like there were some issues for this San Francisco defense going up against Travis Kelsey. Initial inclination of mine was to fade Travis Kelsey, but it does feel like the rapport that Mahomes and Kelsey have, which we know is at an all-time elite level, it's like taking another step so far this postseason. Yeah, the, it's that's what's been crazy about it. And you look, I mean, it was one of the reasons why uh, I actually bet Travis Kelsey under his receiving yards for the Baltimore game. I got a limit like that was done in like the first quarter uh, because he was absolutely fantastic. But part of the reason was because Baltimore was a, a top 10 defense. I think they were eighth in terms of the way that they defended uh, tight ends. In terms of DVOA, they were the eighth best team against tight ends this season. The San Francisco 49ers are the fourth best team against tight ends by DVOA standards coming into this game. So if you look at it in terms of what we have seen, what they give up, on average, it looks like they're allowing about, uh, let's see, I got this in front of me, 7.3 receptions and 52.5 yards per game to tight ends this season, San Francisco. So that, again, would be one of the more, uh, one of the better metrics when it comes to giving it up. You've got a pretty good linebacker, right, and and Warner that could potentially match up with them in coverage. I do wonder if that's going to be part of the deal. So I tend to, if I'm looking at this statistically and they see a team that defensively has played pretty well against tight ends, a tight end who's at the peak of his powers when it comes to notoriety, right? After a mm-hmm. big run in the postseason, he's got to be pretty public. I would assume that of this, of all Super Bowls, of non-football fans, when they get involved, he's probably going to be the target of some of those bets just because, right? Like, hey, I want to bet on the Super Bowl for the first time. I know him because of who he's dating. Maybe there's going to be that pull here and in inflating that number up. I would tend to, as you said, you know my brain pretty well, I would tend to kind of want to push back on this and go under maybe not so much receptions, but for sure yards, given yeah. how high this is. Yeah, and, and the more I think about it, too, and I've said it a couple of times, like whoever we talk to, whatever sports book it is, 
they're going to want Travis Kelsey to have a crappy game. Yeah. I mean, every, every sports book is going to want Travis Kelsey to have a crappy game. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. They're going to want it to be boring. They're going to want one of the quarterbacks to win MVP. And, you know, like we talked about last segment, too, is, you know, if the Niners win and Brock Purdy is the MVP, I think the b- books are going to be doing a dance in the streets, sure. you know, especially if this game were to go under. This game is like 24-17 Niners, and Brock Purdy, you know, throws two touchdown passes and McCaffrey doesn't go crazy. That'll be the uh, all-timer for the books, yep. you know. And uh, you think back to uh, last year, I know the Chiefs won, so I think that – I can't remember off the top of my head. I think that was okay for the books. Like, but, like, the Eagles beating the, the Patriots in one of the more exciting Super Bowls is terrible for the books. Right, well, because everything was over. They, but they said Everything the record, went over. They said the record for, like, most yardage in a Super Bowl. Every prop went over. Like, that's – you don't want these exciting games. The, uh, betters do because generally you're coming in and betting overs. Uh, but high scoring, bunch of yards, that's always pretty poor because everybody's hitting their overs and these books are going to get crushed for the most part because public's not coming in to bet unders uh, and root for it. Actually, part of local radio yesterday, I was laughing. We got to talk to Brad Powers yesterday. Yeah. I do local radio here in Las Vegas. And he talked about like, ah, you know, generally I like to bet unders and I'm kind of like, um, these are my words, uh, you know, sourpuss when it comes to watching it with people because I don't want to have a fun Super Bowl because I'm betting some <laughs> of these unders because I asked him where he was going to watch it. <laughs> but that does represent what the powers that be that run some of these books would like, like, you know, a three, nothing kind of game. Like we'll have to ask Chuck Esposito. Yeah. I would assume that Super Bowl ran that Rams Patriots Super Bowl. That was like what? 13 to six. Yeah. Probably a pretty good day for the books. Well, I think the caveat is I remember that Super Bowl and I had just doing, started doing a gambling show for a different network. And I remember coming in that Monday, I think it was 1310. Was that the final? Something like that. Something weird like that. Yeah. yeah. But there was a long stretch where it looked like no touchdown was going to be scored. Yeah. And that's catastrophic. Yes. So they want it to be boring, but not the most boring Super Bowl ever. I think three, nothing would actually be horrible because no touchdowns, like a hundred to one, something like that. Usually Falcons so, Pats too. That went to overtime, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that might've been overtime because overtime's, overtime's a good one. bad. Yep. Safeties are bad. We saw uh, the first, First that touchdown, was a Seahawks, uh, first, Broncos. yeah, Seahawks Broncos first play of the game, first score, yep. safety. People are just out there f- flying, throwing the big, uh, big bets out there. All right, I do the want... octopus. We got the octopus last, last year, too, year, remember? Yeah, Jalen Hurts got yeah. the octopus. I don't think you'll get that this year. I'm not gonna answer that question. Yeah, uh, producer Britton throws in little quips. What sound does an octopus make? I don't know, Britton. We'll do that in the fourth hour of the show. Um, I'll look it up. I, I mean, I don't want to answer that question because I don't know, and I like to have facts. All right. On the other side, I do want to hit on the red-hot New York Knickerbockers. Jalen Brunson crying, teared up. Hopefully that mojo that we saw yesterday, can that carry over to Saturday with the Johnnies? I know Brian Butch said that the Johnnies have no shot. I think they do. Come on, fight. But we're going to hit some NBA topics. Joel Embiid, the latest on Embiid and what to do with the Philadelphia 76ers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code VSIN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. Once again, that code gets you that free bonus bet. VSIN, V-S-I-N, the crown is yours. Coming up top of the hour, we go behind the counter with our good friend Chuck Esposito, who just sent me an email with all of their uh, their prop offerings. It is all pop populating across Las Vegas. Uh, have you felt it? You do local radio here. You're from here. Have you felt it? I keep getting asked the question, how does it feel? What's the vibe like in Vegas? I'm like, I don't know. No. It's a calm before the storm. No one's here yet. Yeah, right. The Things are week. getting built. Next week's going to be, but uh, let me ask, as someone who has lived here and, you know, Mike Palm, when he sits in here, talks about the Super Bowl week, and we talked to Derek and Banksy and, and Wilbo yesterday, it's obviously going to be on another level. Mm. But Super Bowl week is always a, a massive week in, in Las Vegas. I don't think the week leading up is, Maybe though. not like Monday, Tuesday, when, like yeah. the weekend is huge. Yeah. Sure. I guess so that's I, a fair way to put it. So I, I think that, like, the that'll make it a little bit different is the week leading up to it, uh, being able to be in the middle of it all right over at Radio Row is going to be pretty cool, too. So you're kind of going to get the difference in terms of the vibe, and you're going to see that and feel that. So I think that's probably when you'll start to see it. But, like, you know, the week leading up, like you called it pretty well, you know, calm before the storm. We'll see what happens. Like, you know, tonight will be a good barometer. Hit the town, see what's up, and see if you, you get some people coming in. But I think for the most part, we're going to start to see that on Monday, heading into next weekend as we get closer to the weekend. America's uh, favorite minor leaguer, Cody Decker, uh, let me know that he will be uh, landing tonight. There you go. So uh, it, it begins. Uh, it'll be a, it's going to be a fun week. We've already started to, uh, to reach out to different folks who will be coming, uh, coming over here during our show. Our show, by the way, just uh, programming. No, we'll be here. People can come to us, but JVT and I will be gallivanting, right? Kissing babies. I don't think there'll be any babies on Radio Row, but we'll be uh, we'll be out there. Also, I'm trying to do my best multitask because I need to get in my plays for tonight uh, for the college basketball contest. Uh, unfair advantage, might I add, that the lines drop middle of the show and I have to get my picks in. Just saying, Matt Humans, when I don't win, that's the reason. Uh, if I do win, I'm just going to pat myself on the back a little bit more. Uh, I want to give you one college basketball stat that uh, Jim Root looked up before we get to the NBA. Kansas is an underdog mm -hmm. at home tomorrow. Yep. In the last three decades, last 30 years, have you seen this? Did you see my tweet? No, no I didn't. How many times... In the last 30 years, has Kansas been a home underdog? I mean, given the way you're setting this up, it's very few. I'll say three. Two. Okay, all right. Good, yeah. <laughs> Two times. And they won both of those games. Jim looked it up. It was not that long ago, February 27th of 2021. They played Baylor. They were catching four and a half. They won by 13. That the year Baylor eventually won the national championship? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, right. Okay. Makes sense. And then uh, December of 96, I'm assuming this Cincinnati team had, uh, had Kenyon Martin on it. 
They were catching one and a half against Cincinnati, and Kansas won 72 to 65. Right now, Kansas catching two and a half against Houston tomorrow at Fog Allen. I I feel like it's a trap. I I I will. I know our good friend Humans. I feel like he'll be on Kansas. Yeah. Um. I I don't know. I feel like it's a trap. I know Ken Palm has it at five. Like, yeah, that was pretty extreme when I saw yeah. that. Uh, yeah, projected 69-64 uh, win for Houston. Cause, and I think part of it would be, if you look at some of the numbers, like Kansas has not been the best rebounding team uh, in the world. We they know no that Houston loves either. to do it. Right. No depth. And, you know, the, the we saw them last Saturday go up to Iowa State and lose that game. That was really competitive, and they ended up losing by four. And they bounced back pretty nicely at home against Oklahoma State. So they've been home and had some time off since Tuesday. I don't know. I'd be kind of tempted because this isn't the worst uh, Kansas team, obviously, that we've seen. It's not up to snuff. But, but, like, we did just watch Houston get pushed on the road to overtime against Texas. Yep. Right? Like, it's not like Houston's playing perfect basketball coming into this thing. So I would be very tempted, and I'd be very tempted to see what the market does because generally we see the market reflect these Ken Palm projections. Shockingly enough. And so, you know, maybe we get to see this pushed up uh, to five. And I don't know if we'll get five. Or near five, I'll say. We, we it hasn't the, moved yet. Where's it at right now again? Uh, it, uh, two and two, a half. Two and a half? So you the get one, to four. So the one game that has moved based off of Ken Palm, I believe, is Gonzaga-St. Mary's. One of the best rivalries in college basketball. I love All it. down this year. Every year. Both are down. St. Mary's, though, has been playing their butts off lately. Yep. And Gonzaga has been like a non-covering machine. Ken Palm has this five in favor of Gonzaga. The market opened three. It's already got up to four and a half. So that's an interesting one. Another one where I'm like, is it a trap? Like, you would you would want to take St. Mary's, but we will see. All right. NBA thoughts here, JBT. The New York Knicks, they're red hot. What do we do with the Knicks? Is it... A sell-high situation with the Knicks? Do we find spots to fade them? What, they've won nine in a row. I think they're down as low as, what, 25-1 to to win the title. Jalen Brunson's playing his ass off. What do we do with the Knicks? Do we keep riding it, or do we find spots to to go and sell them at their peak? No, I mean, I think you – it just really depends on how you want to view this. From a big-picture standpoint, I will say this, and uh, Zach Cohen brought it up on the the podcast, Harvard Handicappers, today that we record. So uh, make sure you check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, They are a little beat-up injury-wise, so in the short term, maybe it's going to be worth it to kind of go against them. Oh, Jananobi's dealing with stuff. Quentin Grimes, Julius Randle, as we know. Um, So that's going to be something to monitor with this team as you move forward in the short term in the long term and if you look at like betting futures and if you want to bet them to you know win a series or whatever it is right now the way it breaks down boston is the one seed milwaukee is the two seed new york is the three cleveland and um philly indiana make a four five and six philly and we'll get to joel Embiid in the mvp conversation but if joel Embiid misses an extended period of time tim that leads closer to the postseason there's a reality in which Philadelphia falls in that range of four, five, six. So there is a reality in which New York is maybe a top three seed in the Eastern Conference. And I'll tell you this, in a semifinal matchup in the Eastern Conference between Milwaukee and New York, at this point right now, everybody's at full strength. I think I'm taking New York. Milwaukee is not playing well. They are very basic on defense. We watched Anthony Simon and the Portland Trailblazers the other night pick me uh, pick them apart, and you can miss me with the emotional spot on the road, Damian Lillard's first game back. Milwaukee's covered two freaking games in the month of January. This has been an unbelievably overrated team that cannot play defense, and as we've talked about before, Doc Rivers is not one that I believe really moves the needle and makes you a great or a greater team than when you really are. So if everything kind of continues to play out in this same realm, and you're talking about a potential first-round series between New York and Milwaukee or a second-round series, I would take New York. So that means there's some upper mobility here because if the Knicks land a first-round series against Indiana or any of these other lower teams that are fighting for a play-in spot, I would take them in a vast majority of those series. There is a reality, and I think it's a stronger, than, like a stronger one, that New York finds themselves in an Eastern Conference Finals depending on how the Eastern Conference shakes out. So again, when you're talking about odds to win an Eastern Conference, I don't think it's out of this world. And just look back at the last few years, the way that the postseason is broken down. Last year, we watched the Miami Heat 
make a run to the NBA Finals from where they were in the play-in. We have seen the Dallas Mavericks make a run to a Western Conference Finals. He's the Atlanta Hawks make a run to an Eastern Conference Finals. We've seen upward mobility through the like the latter portions uh, or the early portions of a schedule. We saw the Lakers make a run to the yep. Western Conference Finals. So I, I don't think it's out of this world to look at this team, whether it's championship odds at 30-1. to 1, I think I'd rather go Eastern Conference as opposed to NBA Finals. But I don't think it's really that crazy to look at the Knicks who aren't done making moves either and say, yeah, 15 to 1 to win an Eastern Conference. That might be workable, especially if they make a run here and you can work your way off of it. So with the good comes the bad in the Eastern Conference with Joel Embiid, the news on uh, his knee situation. I know everyone was freaking out earlier this week or last weekend. And I think you even joked about it. You're like, ah, maybe he, I don't know if it was you or someone else. Maybe this is the point where he is ducking. Uh, facing yeah. Nikola Jokic. No, no, he's got a serious injury here. Yep. So with the Sixers, JBT, what do we do right now? I, it's just nothing. I mean, look, so they're down to like 16 to 1 because the problem too is we don't know the injury extent, the extent of this injury now for Joel Embiid. And if he's going to miss significant time, you don't know if you're Philadelphia, do you go, act, do you get active at the trade deadline? Do you go and you buy and hope that Joel Embiid's going to come back fully healthy and then you start to make your run? Is he going to be out heading into the postseason? Is it more serious? And I think until you get clarity on what he's going to be from a health perspective, you've got to be status quo when it comes to some of the futures. And it sucks. I had a really good ticket on Philly to win the NBA Finals. And again. right now it's still okay, huh? <laughs> again. Yeah, right, again. And then we have him here. So I really do hope, though, outside of, like, my ticket, you know, Joel Embiid was in the midst of an awesome season. And yeah. to see him and Tyrese Maxey at full strength at a postseason in Eastern conference seems pretty open you hope you get to see it all right that's going to do it for hour two of the program thanks to all you watching on the DraftKings network fun don't stop though on vsin we'll go behind the counter next here on vsin primetime the big take from bloomberg news brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world we cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.